Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. We are in part two of discussing biblical and Christian parenting. And so, Mike, welcome back. Good to be with you again today, Winston. Awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit more about, I, I have a bunch of different questions on parenting. Right. And so let's talk about them a little bit more thoroughly. A lot of this, you know, you were saying, is wisdom driven from the Bible, right? These are principles that we latch on to. They aren't exact scripts, but God gives us the spirit-empowered work to be able to do what he wants us to do. That's excellent. And we're going to let our listeners know the ground rules are the same today as they were last time. Ask me anything. I've got myself and a Bible right here. So let's dive in. We last time talked a little bit about, you know, early um, childhood, disciplining your child and things like that. So let's go down further the line. Okay. Uh, kind of walking through a child's life. I All think. right. Um, and so when kids are starting to enter junior high, high school, college mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, the, the dating world or the, you know, I like them and, you know, they might like me sort of thing. And yes. it's exciting and it's scary and who knows what's going to happen. But mm -hmm. uh, talk to me about shepherding our children through something like that, a romantic relationship, a romantic feelings. Okay, so I'm going to go back to what I said earlier that you have to set a really good foundation for your kids. There's a reason why I was reading my kids the Bible while they were in the womb, while I was talking to them and praying for them, even before I knew their name. Right? God already knew their name. It's because I wanted them to have a, a, a foundation. And even from the get-go, my kids have heard the word of God read in the home. They, they've heard us praying and we pray together. That doesn't guarantee them to be godly or saved. So we do not think that, oh, we did this, therefore our kids turn out a certain way, right? But here's the thing. When the kids get to the point where they're now going to be making decisions and they're going to be away from you and they're going to be more independent, you can't be there on your phone, you know, texting them every bit of advice. Now, if they ask, great. But the thing is, some parents are hyper lenient. Some parents are hyper strict. We tried to strike a balance somewhere in the middle, though someone would say, no, you're far right or you're far left. It all depends on where they land. So that's what we thought we were doing. Okay, you could judge that and say, well, you know, you were more lenient than you thought or you were more strict than you thought. We've tried to tell our kids, look, you know, don't take things too seriously at young ages. Uh, we're not the biggest fan of really uh, serious, you know, romantic relationships in high school, junior high and high school, because as all of us know, as you're growing up, you know, things change and your interests change. And it's too young to be saying this on average, it is too young to be saying, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And, and you want kids to, to be wise and make decisions. So for example, when Proverbs says, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, that should be happening from the get-go, from the youngest age. So that when they get to that age, and even let's say they rebel against what they were taught, they would have a body of, of, of knowledge and understanding from the word that they would fall back on. Here's another one. Godly Christian adults in their life besides you. Always wanted my kids to have other godly men and women in their lives that they could fall back on. So if they're pushing away from me, what's the safety net that's going to catch them? And I can point out people in all of my kids' lives, people from Grace Church and, and other places, they're believers that have a, a significant impact in my kids' lives that actually speak into those dating relationships and romantic interests and things like that. So they ask us advice. We give them advice. I remember when my eldest, Alexandra, first had a guy interested in her. 
I went to four dads, I believe it was four dads, three or four dads. And I said, could you please write me up a little letter giving me every bit of advice? Well, just like the question you asked me. How to kill that guy. (laughs) So seriously, on on what do I do? You know, what do I do with this? And it was awesome. There were guys 10 years older than me, 20 years older than me, 30 years older than me that were giving me advice and saying, here's how we navigated this. I've kept those letters. In fact, I found one recently on one of in one of my journals, and I was like, wow, that was really good advice they gave me. I would just say this. I would encourage you to discourage two series of relationships in junior high and high school. Mm. Uh, we have certain rules, not alone in a bedroom with a member of the opposite sex, not alone in the house with a member of the opposite sex, and being careful about being alone in a car with a member of the opposite sex, right? Now, some parents have far stricter rules, uh, but again... You need to have an open relationship with your kids. You need to be talking about these things. You need to have talks about how their body is changing, how their desires are changing. You need to talk with uh, your young ladies about what what young men are like. You need to talk with your young men about what young ladies are like. You need to have uh, standards in your home. And when your kids say to you, my kids said this to me at times, well, so-and-so's family gets to do this. And I'm like, well, they get to do that at their family? Well, you know what? You can go live with them if you want. But you got to put up with this, 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 and this as well. I know that about them, you know. And you just have to have your own standards as a family, make your own decisions as a family, but make sure they're not dishonoring to God. Like, if anything goes in your household, is it a Christian household? You need to ask that question. Is your household based upon the truth of the Word of God, or are you just reacting to the world? Let's move on a little bit further about how to really set your child up for success when it comes to their future. When it comes to sending them to the right college or should they even go to college or how to kind of let go, let them fly away from the nest. Is that a good thing? How to keep that relationship? I know that's been a struggle for a lot of parents of dealing with their adult children. So how does that dynamic work? Does the Bible say anything about that? And how can we gain wisdom from it? Okay, well, good. Um, You mentioned, does the Bible say anything about it? No, the Bible does not say anything about it in the micro about where your kids should go to college or how you prepare them for college or anything like that. But it does say a lot about how you are to shepherd your children's hearts. And so we'll go there. But let me just remind you this. My family, we're unique. We don't have the the last answer on any of this. Again, some people may say we were too lenient. Some people would say we were too strict. But when it comes to our kids' futures, especially schooling, especially college, we didn't tell any of our kids where to go to college. Part of that came to them because a number of them were talented in running in cross country and track. So they had Christian colleges coming to them and asking them to run for them. And they were offering some money, which was all very helpful to the family, right? But for example, with Alexandra, you know, there were several colleges that came to her and she said, I want to go to a Christian college in California. We never told her she needed to. We never told her she needed to be close to home or far away from home. She ended up going to Biola University, you know, which is 20 miles away. And so she was local and which was wonderful. We got to watch her track meets and cross country meets and all that and and then go out of state for nationals and things like that. But we didn't drive our kids towards any school. That was something that Angela and I never thought about, nor did we talk about. We just kind of let it happen. Uh, We didn't also get our kids on the fast track of going to look at schools and 
uh, you know, three years beforehand or two years beforehand. I'm not putting anyone down who does that. Uh, some people plan ahead more and some people don't. We didn't plan ahead as much for things like that. We kind of let it unfold. I know if your kids are good in sports, you know, people are sending videos and and uh, interviews and they're, they're making contact with the schools. We didn't do any of that. But interestingly, out of our three kids who have been in college, now we have our fourth going to college. Uh, they've all gone to one of two schools. <laughs> so Allie went to Biola and Michael went to Masters University. Uh, Ariana also got recruited to run like Michael did at Masters University. And now Savannah is going to the Masters University. And I think there's something there when there you have multiple kids and siblings are close. Not always. Okay. You know, please, listeners, uh, don't think that anything I'm saying is what I think is the rule or I think my version is better. This is just my story. Okay. Um, I've talked to a lot of parents and I've been able to help a lot of parents as they've been praying through schooling choices, both elementary, you know, junior high, high school and college. And my talks with parents as the kids are about to go into college are dramatically different because the kids are more choosing where they're going to go. Now, of course, that depends on family budgets and on who's who's going to pay and on how many how many scholarships you might get and and what kind of loans you're going to take out because school is not cheap. Right. Uh, one of the things that has become a, uh, a really good option in recent years is while you're in high school, you can take community college courses for free. And so you can start banking college courses. A lot of students do that. Our daughter Savannah did that a lot in high school and Angela helped her with that and getting involved with uh, taking college courses. And you can do a lot of those online. So really, I think it goes back to and I, I'm kind of a broken record on this, but setting a foundation early in your kids of gospel truth in their life. And then you navigate five-year-old relationships and 10-year-old relationships and 15 and 20 until you get to the point where, you know, if you take the transitions of life, I believe this for midlife adults as well, you take the transitions of life as they come and don't overreact or underreact with them. When things come up in life, you're not going to go through the big crisis. Mm. Jim Conway taught me that when I was uh, in school and basically was telling us that growing in the seasons of life that a teenager and a middle-aged adult are very similar. You know, they think some of the same things like, does anyone notice me? Am I significant? Have I done anything in life that's of any value? And he just said, if you go through the transitions of life without making too big or too small of a deal of them, you basically ride the moguls, okay? And, and you, you take the hurdles as they come and you don't come to this big mountain where you don't know how to get over it. I think there's some wisdom in that just in terms of taking life as it comes. I think there's a lot in the Bible about planning ahead as well, making plans by wise guidance and seeking wise counsel. So preparing your kids for college, look, it's it's wide open. Some parents, they have been saving money since they were younger for their kids to go to college. Others are like, well, we pray, we hope and pray they get scholarships. And others say, you know, I always have my kids go to a two-year community college first and then on to a four-year. And others say, just get into a four-year college. Some say Christian school. Some say public school. Again, it's, it's, it's all over the board. And I just think that God is scattering his people all over the globe for gospel purposes. And wherever your kid lands up, that's where they're supposed to be for that time period to be an influence for the kingdom of God. Think of your kids as missionaries. You're sending them out as missionaries. So let's... Let's talk a little bit further behind college. The last thing I, I, I would really want to talk about is once a lot of these parents nowadays are going through empty nest syndrome, mm -hmm. right? Like they're going crazy because their life has been, you know, get the kids to soccer, get them to school, get them, you know, all these different places. Mm -hmm. So 
dealing with parenting, you know, once you release them from the house, they, they go and live on their own. What's the role of the parent there? Mm-hmm. It's more of a peer relationship when they're older. When they're younger, you're, you're directing them very decisively. And, and then as they get a bit older, you're now coaching them, right? And then when you get to a certain age, you want to give them independence and you want to give them, and that that is not just like it happens one day, you gradually get there. Okay, so there's a blending of all those things. Yeah. So those roles of whether you're directing or coaching or being a peer or just a mentor, they're, they're blended, okay? And so the whole idea of launching them is you don't just you know, throw them over a cliff. Okay. Uh, you're, you're gradually climbing a mountain. Okay. Or there's a runway, put it whatever, however you want. There's a runway on this. And so again, it's, it's, this is the next transition in life. Uh, we live in a social media age where everyone is celebrating every moment of life and some rebel against that. And some do that too much. And I'd say, don't miss the moments in your kids' lives because you were trying to post it up. Okay, Mike, so now I have another question. We live in a very digital age right now. Entertainment has always been a part of human culture. Yes. But there's a, a distinct difference, I think. I think I'm not crazy here when talking about the digital impact on a family. Now, we could talk about social media, when kids should get their own, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. You know, my day was MySpace. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> How should we as Christians and for the parents out there, mm-hmm. how should they guide their family, not only in social media, but just in entertainment in general? How should they go about deciding what entertainment to expose their children to? Parents need to be really wise and not be naive and think, well, it's just like it was when I was a kid. Oh, it was so innocent when I was a kid. Well, those of us that grew up in the 60s, it wasn't innocent. Yeah. Okay. The 60s and 70s was not innocent. But just we have these rose colored glasses sometimes and we think, well, it was good for me. It'll be good for my kids. And I wanted to expose them to stuff. You need to expose them to the word of God as much as you can at the youngest of ages. The more you expose them to the world, the more they will love the world. Uh, what does John say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And, and it goes on to say that the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever, Mm. right? The will of God is for us to believe in Jesus and and to trust him to use us for his kingdom purposes, for gospel purposes. And so when you talk about how we should uh, engage with, you know, the media and other things and how we should expose our kids to things, again, it's going to run the gamut. You're going to hear, you know, 50 things from 50 parents. What I would say is do it very wisely and don't be naive and don't be sinful and don't be selfish. And and literally, a lot of times we choose things as parents because we want them. And it just so happens that the kids are present and we're like, well, they'll be okay. And we let them get into things. One of the things in our home that we didn't let our kids do, we just didn't buy them these things, is video games. We just never got our kids into video games. And then at some point, I think we got like the, you know, the Nintendo Wii thing, right? But seriously, our kids didn't even have that as an option. 
Uh, we did grow up, we had TV uh, most of the time. Sometimes we didn't, but you don't want to be legalistic one way or the other. One family might say, we don't have a TV, but they watch everything streaming, you know, on Netflix, on their computer. Well, you have worse than a TV, right? And so again, we try to, we, we are so judgmental sometimes and we compare ourselves. Just parents, don't compare yourself with all the other families. Make godly wise choices for you and your kids and don't allow too much and don't allow too little. I mean, you don't want your kids so protected that they don't know anything, mm -hmm. but you don't want your kids so exposed that they're literally just... It's all they think about. Uh, yeah, they're just completely like the world. You mm -hmm. don't want that either. And so what I would say is you want to not isolate from the world and you don't want to full immerse with the world. You want to redemptively interact with the world. Mm. So you, you, again, send your kids out as missionaries in the world, into the public schools, into, into the, the sports teams, into uh, the clubs they're in, all the things, just like you are with your neighbors. So you're going out as a, as a ambassador for Jesus. Yeah. So there are some families who will say, you know, my kids get to do everything and I want them exposed to the full range of experiences in the world. There are other families who will say, my kids get to do nothing <laughs> and they're not going to the movies and they're not going to watch TV and they're not going to play video games and all these things. And there's some pride. There can be pride on both sides. There can be uh, deception on both sides to somehow think that, you know, your kid could be completely immersed in the world and not be affected is foolhardy. Okay. To somehow think that keeping your kids away from the world is somehow going to make them not a sinner or, or not make unwise choices that's just foolhardy as well. And so both ends of the spectrum can have pride and, and trusting yourself more than the Lord. What does Proverbs 3 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Don't lean on just your understanding of these things. Oh, it's not harmful or it's harmless or that's very harmful. You know, attitudes, gossip, uh, gluttony, all these things. Those are the type of things. What did Jesus say? These things come from the inside. Now, it also says don't love the world. So there's this dual thing that parents have to be wary and watchful of, um, hyper vigilant, but not so much so that their kids can never go outside. And so I think, again, you got to be wise. You've got to be godly in your choices. And don't think that the choices you're making are better than everybody else's. Be humble, love Jesus. Do as you please. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's certainly, that's been the refrain all the way through our two discussions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been, you know, make wise choices in what you have seen from Scripture. And I, I appreciate that. And one thing that I'm concerned about is when it comes to, especially the entertainment world, mm -hmm. sometimes we can be, you know, a, a hobby can turn into addiction um, and we don't want that. But on the other hand, we, we enjoy certain things. And I mean, we yes. see throughout scripture that, you know, Paul read plays. He enjoyed them, right? Sure. Like, so it, it's okay to have entertainment, but it not become your whole life and it not become mm -hmm. the, the rationalization of, hey, I'm okay doing this because that way I can have a witness to the world. You know, right. that's just fooling yourself. Well, there's some presumption in all of us at times where we think that, we know better than everyone else and we might even know better than God and we become proud in our hearts and we justify it and we make choices based upon our really our sinful flesh and what we want versus what God would want or what would be best for our kids. Usually, you know, in your gut, what would be best for your kids. And I would just say that you need to be wise. You need to seek wise counsel. And if you're someone who's 
really legalistic, you need to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> but if you're someone who's licentious and you're like, anything goes, you need to tighten up a bit. And I think it depends on where you land on the spectrum. I really do. Because you want that sweet spot of the gospel truth. You want love for Christ to be your first motivation and pleasing Christ. And it's all for the glory of God in Christ. This is not so that I can raise good kids or that I can raise straight A students or I can raise honor students. This is so that I can glorify God and that my kids can glorify God. God saves us to glorify himself. We live for the glory of God. Amen. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, getting kids ready. And really, I mean, the peer relationship that's going on there is sometimes, I think, hard for parents to balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, my parents are perfect. So, you know, they've they've done a great job with it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Mom, I love you. Um, And (laughs) no, but, you know, there there's this there's this tension Mm -hmm. of, you know, I love my child. I want to see my child, but I want them to have their own life and uh, that sort of thing. So. Talk to me a little bit about getting kids ready again to leave the nest and then what your role is after the fact. Well, I had so many kids that my nest won't be empty for a long, long time, (laughs) right? So no, seriously, uh, this is a really tough subject for everybody, okay? Mm. Some people navigate it seemingly easier than others, but I would say letting go is the hardest human thing. And the reason why? Because we love, right? God gave us the capacity to love, and so love is painful. And so to let go and, and really to relinquish control, to yield, this is what we're called to do all the time. And what does Psalm 127 say? As arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Well, arrows are meant to fly, not keep in the quiver. Mm-hmm. And so you need to release them. You need to let them go. And, and you always need to be doing that, right? It's like Abraham with Isaac, offering your child up to the Lord and not clinging so tightly and being in control. And I think the whole Christian life as parents is offering your spouse and your kids and your and your aging parents and your, your siblings and your friends and, and the church up to the Lord again and again and again, because we can make an idol out of anything. You know, think of anything good that God has blessed us with. We can make an idol out of that. We're to worship Jesus and not the the gifts he's given. So yeah, our hearts are idol factories and we can fashion those idols out of pretty much almost anything. So letting our children fly like arrows, always putting them into the Lord's hands. And here's another thing. When your kids get married, then you also get the gift of in-laws, right? Mm -hmm. When you get married, you get the gift of in-laws. And then you also have multiple families. They have in-laws. And Wayne Mack wrote a really good book uh, by PNR Publishing, a little booklet called in-laws. In fact, on our website, I did a uh, trending topics on Wednesday night years ago on that. It's on our website. You can look it up on in-laws and some really good teaching there on how to be a good in-law and not get in the way. And so there's that delicate balance. And again, someone might think you're in the way. Someone might think you're too far in the background. You've just got to be communicative with people and trust the Lord. And again, letting go is not easy and it's all for the glory of God. And you want your kids to fly like arrows. You receive them like gifts, you let them fly like arrows. And you want them to serve the Lord and serve his purposes in their generation. And this is this is God's plan really for Christian families is you bring your children up in the Lord to love the Lord. Uh, they serve the Lord. They have children. They bring them up in the Lord to serve the Lord. And it's so that the gospel will go out and so that God will be glorified. 
Well, that's going to do it for us today here on Ordinary Church. Mike, thank you so much for uh, just uh, humoring me with all these different questions. Really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. It was really fun. Thank you. Good job. And as always, if you'd like to email us with a question, you can go ahead and email us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. And just if there were any parenting questions that you had or maybe topics that we've covered in the past, maybe you want to suggest a topic, go ahead and send it to us there and we'll try to answer it on air or maybe even turn it into an episode. And even if we never hear from you, we hope that you will struggle with us as we remain faithful even in the ordinary.